All right, welcome everybody back to Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. I'm Calvin and I have an awesome guest today. I have Xander Kelly. How are you doing, Xander? I'm doing fairly good. Thank you for having me, Calvin. Awesome. I'm really happy to have you on. And uh, like I was telling you before we started recording a minute ago, uh, you're, a, you're a bit of a special case because I typically re uh, do interviews with people that have beliefs and uh, you know everything from aliens to religions. And you're a little bit of a special case and uh, that I guess I'll let you kind of tell a little bit uh, about yourself. So tell me, uh, maybe take five or so minutes just to tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, sure. Well, I'm kind of a special case in that I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. I no longer am a part of the religious, uh, like the religious organization, and I haven't been an active member for five years. Okay. Uh yeah, I, I'm one of those weird people that I've got like insider knowledge, but also I, I don't believe it anymore. And I kind of, I was questioning it for a while. So lots of fun stories to tell there. I'm also um, physically disabled as well as I have uh, some mental illness that mm -hmm. does kind of play into um, my upbringing. And I am very LGBT, which you know, if you saw me on the streets, I would yes. not look like a Jehovah's Witness <laughs> or even someone who might have just left them. I am as far opposite uh, yeah. in physical appearance as you can imagine. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, so we'll kind of talk a little bit about the Jehovah's Witness um, type of experience for you because I haven't, I've tried to, um, I guess first things first is you, you also are a tattoo apprentice too. Yes. And uh, yes. for the audience who doesn't know, uh, you can check out Xander over at Premier Tattoo Studio in, in Westland, right? It's Westland? Allen Park. Allen Park. That's where it is. Uh, yeah, Allen Park, Michigan. And I have a cool little tattoo that Xander gave me not too long ago. This beautiful flower here. And honestly, I love it. It's, it's really great. So uh, you did a great job there. And um, Thank you. Yeah, so I guess for the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, I guess... If you could start from the beginning, what exactly would do the Jehovah's Witnesses believe? Because I haven't done a ton of research on it. I kind of wanted to get a raw reaction as to what exactly they believe. You know, I've, I've studied the Bible and I still do, but I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding the connection between Jehovah and, and Christianity. Yeah. Um, if you were to ask a Jehovah's Witness, they, uh, this is kind of a trained response that we've all been taught. Um, we believe that, and I say we, uh, I am no longer a part of them, but Jehovah's Witnesses believe that they are the true Christians. Um, any of them, if you were to ask, they'll say they believe in the Bible. Um, they believe uh, solely on what the Bible says uh, is how they live their life. Um, they believe that they are the only people on earth to be representing God, um, Jehovah God, as because uh, they, they choose to use his um, Hebrew name mm -hmm. and that they, uh, oh God, trying to think about the best way to word it because there's so many complicated wheels. True Christians is the biggest phrase that you will ever hear them say. Um, okay. And they that's kind of the ambiguity of it is just they're true Christians and that is as far as it goes. But yeah, just that they are God's people. They are the only representation on earth and that they are the ones representing him, uh, his beliefs in the Bible, and that they are the ones who will inherit a paradise, heavenly earth after God destroys all of mankind. Okay, so do they, if they looked at like um, 
I don't know, like a Baptist or something. So would they believe that they aren't true Christians then? Yes. Every other religion they believe in some way, shape or form has kind of diverged from the main path that they have taken too much liberty in their own interpretation of what the Bible says. So if you are not a Jehovah's Witness, you are therefore not a true Christian, you are not God's children, and that you would perish in Armageddon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, that's, that doesn't seem like a healthy way of living. Um, That's just my own opinion. But I, right before I got on the call with you, I did just one quick look up on, on, Jehovah, I guess, in, in general, because I wasn't sure where this name Jehovah was coming from. And from what I understand, it's they're taking the, the name Yahweh or the YHWH um, that, that's in the Bible, and they're kind of translating it to Jehovah. But from my understanding, the Hebrews didn't have the J uh, sound, the J sound in their language. So, I mean, there's even some websites that are like you know we don't know where the heck the jehovah's witnesses are getting this name from um so what are your thoughts yeah i was gonna say i actually was very lucky as a kid that was one of the questions that i had um growing up i have jewish family so that was a constant uh topic of conversation um in the hebrew language they do not have vowels so if you ever look at like the actual language translated to english letters it would be consonants, which is where the Y-H-W-H pronounced Yahweh comes from. And as for Jehovah, they basically did a rough translation to English that the letters would have correlated to J-H-V-H, Yahweh to uh, Yehovah or something Mm -hmm. along like a similar pronunciation. And then they just kind of liberally threw in their own vowels as they thought fit to come Hmm. up with the name interesting okay so you said that you were basically a jehovah's witness your entire life like were you born into it or did your family kind of just join at some point um i'm actually multi-generational born into it my grandmother uh used to be jewish and she was converted when um uh because my father is the youngest of eight children there's like an eight-year gap between him and his eldest sister when his uh or his youngest sister my my mistake when she was about seven or eight my aunt my aunt was or my grandmother was converted to being a jehovah's witness so my father was born into it none of his other siblings were and i do believe at this point there is only him and one other of his uh eight siblings that is actually a jehovah's witness Um, my grandmother from the time when she was converted up till her death was a jehovah's witness my grandfather was not um, it was one of those hmm. uh, special hmm. circumstances, which is something I can also talk about because relationships is a very interesting dynamic with them. Yeah. Um, but my father was born into it. He kind of stepped away for a little bit before coming back after a couple of years. My mother was not born into it. She was raised Catholic and was converted in high school, uh, hmm. which is a huge thing that I got to listen to. My mother was regularly renowned for her persecution, which is another aspect I can talk about with you too. Yeah. Um, but when they got married, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. So me and my younger brother were born into it. And I've been raised, uh, yeah, my entire life from birth up until about, um, about 18 is when I stopped kind of going of my yeah. own accord. I was an adult. They couldn't force me. 
And, you know, I officially walked away at, when I was 20, so four years ago. Uh, but yeah, from birth to 20 years old, I was exposed to them and being yeah. raised in it. And I was even baptized in their organization. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of things about the Jehovah's Witnesses and the fact that some even believe that they're a cult, essentially. So um, what are your thoughts on the, the cult label? Do you think that that's fitting or extreme? I think it does fit. Um, as far as the actual definition of a cult, I think Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult that are trying to make themselves a religion. Just based on numbers, they would be recognized as a religious cult yeah. before an official religion at this point. Um, but I do, I do 100% believe in their mindset. A lot of their behaviors, I've actually been through therapy uh, that have said, like therapists have told me I should see a cult specialist. That was the first wow. time I had any association with this being a cult. And the more I looked into the stereotypical behaviors of what defines a cult in itself, mm -hmm. I'm fully of the mindset that that is what this is. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's sad to hear. I mean, that, that's, that it's come to that, but what would, um, yeah, I guess as far as if, if you're comfortable, do you have any stories that you would be comfortable sharing to, uh, I guess, positive or negative stories, I guess, um, regarding the Jehovah's Witnesses in your experience uh, that may have changed your mind. It may have helped, uh, you know, helped you kind of come out of that belief. Yeah. Um, I've actually been working on writing a book about my experiences. Very so I'm cool. very open uh, about what I went through, both positive and negative. Um, one of the first things that happened to me that as a young adult, I was like 11 or 12. Um, when I was a child outside of this religion, I was sexually assaulted and it became a huge hot topic within the organization. Right. Um, and my father as well has had some legal issues in his past. So the, con the congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses I lived in was very prejudiced against my family. They had a lot of hard beliefs against my father for an organization that prides themselves on loving everyone and being forgiving. It instantly was something at like, you know, 10, that um, I, as young as like nine or 10 years old that I, I instantly realized this is, this is a little hypocritical. Um, the behaviors, there was a constant problem with uh, whenever anyone from like a higher level in the organization would visit the individual congregations, the, everyone would change. Their personalities yeah. would completely flip. And seeing that at a young age really cemented in my mind that, hmm, Maybe this isn't all that they're trying to crack it up to be. Um, I do remember too, when I was uh, when I was like 11 or 12, I had issues with sexual assault, which is a very difficult topic to talk about, but right. it is one that is on the forefront when Jehovah's Witnesses gets mentioned. Mm -hmm. a, another child in the congregation happened to um, assault me. And when I brought it up to the elders' attention that, hey, I didn't want legal trouble. I just was of the mindset that like, I don't think this is right behavior. I think this is something that should be addressed. You know, I've been through therapy at that point. So like, maybe, maybe this kid needs to see a therapist, but because her father or her grandfather was an elder in the congregation, they kind of demonized me. Right. Um, they pushed for me to get baptized. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in baptism at birth. They, it's kind of like a consensual thing. 
They okay. want people to be old enough to understand and comprehend. And there's a okay. multi-step process. Um, but at like 12 or 13 years old, they pushed me to start moving towards being baptized, being raised in their congregation. They felt that at, like by the time I was entering my teens, that I was too old to have not been baptized yet. And then the moment mm. I did, I kind of got, it, it was like a witch hunt. There was a lot of harsh behavior towards me um, for no reason. Rumors were spiraling and like just going around about mm. behaviors that I may or may not have been doing. Spoiler alert, I was not doing it. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, saying that I was smoking and engaging in sexual activity and that I was right. uh, shoplifting and doing all these bad teen things. Um, and anytime I reached out to anybody, because I, you know, we're taught in the organization that we go to the elders, we don't go to the police, we go to the elders. Anytime I brought it up to them, it kind of turned into a like gaslighting session of that it, it was my fault that I was getting treated this way, that I had no proof that people were saying this. I had no proof that I wasn't doing the things that they were saying. Right. Um, and that was really the hard moment for me, like 13 years old, I was, no, I, I wanted nothing to do with this organization, which made it very hard because my parents still obviously made me go. But that was the first moment the the hypocrisy and the nastiness that I saw inside that really made me go, I don't, I don't think they're practicing what they're preaching here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that they would like change essentially how they acted when these higher ups would come. It's almost like, you know, I work at a grocery store and it's, it's like when the uh, district manager comes by, everyone's like freaking out and needs to get everything ready and, you know, to do better. And it's like, it's weird that it's that same kind of, uh, it seems like it's the same kind of situation there. Um, oh, it, it's exactly the same. Uh, now as an adult who has worked in retail, I have often described it as that, that if anyone has worked retail or food service or customer service, you are probably familiar with the, uh, the not ideal working conditions that you deal with. And yeah. in the moment someone from district, you know, or corporate shows up, everything is spotless. Every, you know, the schedule is perfect thing. Like breaks are taken perfectly fine. It, it's that same uh, feeling and that same phenomena of that everything has to be perfect when watched under a, a spyglass. But the yeah. moment that person from corporate leaves, you know the store is going back to disarray. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, wow. That's, that's, it seems like a disingenuous way of, of practicing. Um, but so I know that Jehovah's Witnesses also do this, like uh, they do the door to door thing, right? They like go to, I mean, essentially their neighborhood and they knock on people's doors and, you know, hey, do you want to talk about Jesus? Did you participate in any of that? Yes. Uh, everyone knows Jehovah's Witnesses for the field service. Um, that's what they refer to it as, is field service. It's, they hop in a car. We're given uh, every, every Saturday, it was expected of me from probably birth. I was going out with my parents. But as long as I can remember, it was a thing every Saturday morning. We would go up to the Kingdom Hall. We would have our before service meeting. We'd get out into groups. Um, and they had maps, uh, territories that they called them. Yeah. Where you were basically expected to this location, to this neighborhood. You hit up all the houses, mark them off that they had been, you know, that you had 
uh, witnessed there and that you had preached and done your your good deed for the uh, you know for the day. Okay. Um, and it was a regular thing that they would have kids come out and it wasn't just, uh, I wouldn't just be sitting, you know, I wouldn't just be in the car. I wouldn't be standing next to my mom and dad. They would rehearse things with me and get me to learn to say stuff. And they would regularly use kids to pull people into their services. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause I mean, how can you say no to a kid? You know, I mean, uh, that's, well, that's, that's a good hook there. Um, yeah, they used to do, uh, they don't do this anymore, but they used to ask for donations too. Um, the entire organization they claim is funded off of donations and they used to, when we would go out in service, have all of the kids, that was our job. We would, uh, say hello. We would ask if they'd be interested in reading the pamphlet. Then we'd let our parents or the adult do all the talking. And then at the end, we'd ask, they, they had the kids instructed to ask, would you be willing to make a donation to our congregation? Oh, yeah, they have the kids say it. So it's, wow, look at they got that. They have it down packed. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, so, wow. What, um, I guess, what books of the Bible did you guys follow? Did you follow everything from like the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament? Or did you cut out any books in there? Um. It's kind of hard. This is one of those fuzzy areas. They do read the entire Bible, but they read their own translation. Mm. They had um, anyone who's familiar with Bible history and like religious history would probably know that the King James has been altered from the original text. Yes. So the Jehovah's Witnesses never used the King James or any variants that came off of the King James Bible. Instead, mm. they claimed that they would take the original Hebrew and Greek texts and translate them to English. Um, and then, and even later still, they made another adjustment where they translated it for context because some of the stuff written in the Bible doesn't contextually apply internationally as we know, like cultures are so different. Yeah. Foods are different, uh, like just social statuses have different symbols around the world. Um, so we did read the entire Bible, Genesis all the way to Revolution. It actually was a challenge for the kids on numerous occasions to see how far we could read, how long uh, we could memorize um, the names of the Bibles in order uh, of the Bible books. And then wow. um, they would make songs based off of scriptures for us to sing. Uh, everything that we did revolved around the Bible, but specifically their translation so you kind of had to take it, uh, especially as I grew up and became critical, I had to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, I still, to this day, it's not known if anything was taken out, but it, it definitely doesn't look good on them to hear yeah. that it's their own version of the Bible that they use. Right, right. And did you believe that all of these stories and accounts and miracles in the Bible were were actually true or did you have doubts about any of them? I mean, did, were you asking questions to anybody? At first I had that childlike fairyhood moment. You know, we didn't have uh, fairy tale stories. Anything magic related was not something I grew up with. Mm -hmm. So that was my fairy tales. It, it was something magical and just extraordinary. Right. And there right. was no way it could be real, but that's why I wanted to believe it. I got gotcha. And then as I, as I got into my teens and I started listening to, you know, it was no longer just me sitting in the kingdom doodling. 
I would actually have to pay attention to like what they were talking about and reading and doing research. I did start to question some of them. Noah, the story of Noah's Ark has always been the big one that I've looked at yes. because I have okay. always, I'm a huge scientific person. In fact, I regularly had joked with my father. Um, he was proud of how logical I was and how much I focused on science and logic in any decision I made and any um, thought process I had. Uh, so it was kind of an ironic thing that they never saw it coming that I didn't want to mm -hmm. stick with them. But I regularly ask questions about Noah's Ark specifically because there has never been any scientific proof of this flood. That there, there have been instances of intense water uh, marks that we can find historically, yes. but there's never been any instance of an ark lodged on top of a mountain right, right. never to be moved. There would be decrepit or decaying parts somewhere, and there's just no signs of it. Yeah. That was the first time that I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is really that magical. Right. And when did that, when was that kind of revelation? Like about how old were you when you started kind of having those first initial seeds of doubt? When I started questioning the stories in the Bible, I was about 11. Um, and so right around the time that they started pushing me to get baptized, I started having these doubts, which to this day, I still think that they pushed me to be baptized to kind of silence yeah. those questions I was having. Right. Um, but it was around that time I was in middle school, I started taking more science classes, more history courses, and I've always been a science and a history buff. So the fact right. that I started getting into this at that time, really, it really started pushing me to have questions about Noah's Ark. And then I started questioning about Lazarus and the possibility of a human, even if you were dead for three days, I know how decomposition works. There's no <laughs> way you'd be able to come, even with a primitive forms of um, uh, preserving. There's just no way you'd be able to survive that. I, yeah, I was like in middle school when I started mm -hmm. having all of these thoughts going through my head about it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, it's kind of the same thing for myself. You know, I was kind of unsure what I believed up until I was about 18, 19, 20 ish. And then I was like, screw it. I'm going to sit down and pick up the Bible. And I picked it up. And by the time I was done with it, I was like, I don't believe a word this thing says. Um, but yeah, um, so do you keep in contact with anyone at the church? Like, do you, if, you, if you're comfortable sharing, do you have a relationship with your father still? This is where it starts getting very gray area. Um, in general, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that if you have chosen to walk away from their organization or you have made a mistake that you're not repentful for, you get disfellowshipped, which basically means you're dead. You do not exist to them. Yeah. They don't talk about you. They don't talk to you. They do have some gray areas in that if it is an immediate family member, um, depending on each person's level of comfort, they can still contact them. They just can't talk about religion with them. Okay. My family is still kind of in a state of denial. My mother mm -hmm. still fully believes that this is a phase and I'm going to come back. My father has accepted it. Uh, I do talk with him. We've had a really rough relationship since I moved out and walked away from uh, the truth. Um, my brother and I actually have a much stronger relationship than I had when I was at home and going That's to church. Um, he actually is now walking away from the organization and trying to get away from it, which my okay. mom is not happy about. Uh, but my mother is in full denial. Um, she told the church that, because I technically would be worse than disfellowshipped, I would be an apostate 
because mm-hmm. I have actively chosen to disregard everything that they taught me. Yes. I shun my baptism. I've revoked it. And I speak out publicly of what they put me through. Um, and in yeah. order, uh, in that case, they shouldn't talk to me at all. But my mom started playing the mental illness card. When I was 19, I was diagnosed with a form of schizophrenia. So she has milked that to the absolute level. I'm on wow. medication. I am perfectly yeah. sane, but she has convinced them that I was never sane as a child and my baptism shouldn't exist. And that is the only way they are able to keep in contact with me. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's sad that, that to hear that. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are still <laughs> sane. Cause I mean, like, yeah. you know, that's, that's traumatizing. I mean, to have your family totally turn against you for something that, I mean, really is almost out of your control. I mean, you can't really help if you have doubts. It's, it just kind of happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really sad, but do you, so I know that you are, uh, yourself, you're, you're fluid in your, your general gender identity. Um, how did that impact? I mean, were you out in that sense while you were uh, with the Jehovah Witnesses? No, I did not come out fully until I had walked away from them entirely. Um, one of the first things I started questioning, actually, kind of looking back on, I definitely realize now was a gender question. Um, I didn't understand the dress code. As oh, okay. funny as that sounds, I did not understand why. Uh, being here in America specifically, um, women had to wear dresses and skirts and heels and men could wear suits and ties. But if that was considered formal wear, if the Bible says that you needed to dress up, my, my question was always formal wear is different depending on which part of the world you're in because of so many different cultures. And we would regularly have books that would have pictures of people from congregations all over the world and I would be seeing men in robes and women in saris and kimonos. And my question then became, why do I have to wear a skirt? Why right. couldn't I wear pants if that's considered formal in India? Or, you know, and right. anytime I brought that up, I instantly was shot down. They were like, just don't, don't think about it. It's up to Jehovah. Only God knows the answer. Um, or I would be told to go read the scripture again as if that was not where the confusion came from. Yeah. Um, I started experimenting with my sexual identity uh, while I was still in the congregation, while I was a teenager. It was very hush-hush. I did not let anybody know what I was doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of came to bite me in the butt. Uh, The girl that was engaging in um, very... uh, I'll just say illegal um, sexual behaviors with me. Okay. She found out that I was experimenting with some of the girls from my school and used that as fuel to the fire that oh. I was, it wasn't that she was assaulting me. It was something with me uh, that I was coming onto her. And it was, it okay. was a thing and a half. And after that, I kind of just went fully into the closet. I kept all my stuff online. I did not talk to anybody. Um, and it wasn't until I got into college that I actually started experimenting with my gender and my uh, sexuality more openly because I was away from the Jehovah's Witnesses almost entirely in that sense. Right, right. Yeah, that's, I mean, 
man. <laughs> the more the more I hear about your story, the sadder I'm getting. But um, <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm I'm learning more about this. Um, I mean, I I would almost consider them a cult with you. Um, but I hate I I have a hard time putting that that label on things because it's such a harsh term. But I mean, just based off off of what you've told me so far, it's it's not looking too good. Um, <laughs> So another thing that I, I, I want to get a little bit of clarification on is the Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas, right? No, they don't celebrate any holidays or even birthdays. Birthdays is the weirdest one for an explanation. Uh, the only thing I've ever been told about it is that, well, three of God's servants died at birthday parties in the Bible. So we do not do birthdays anymore, which never made sense to me. <laughs> Um, as far as like any other holiday goes, it was looked at since most holidays do have pagan roots that they come from. Right. And, right. you know, anyone, again, look at the history of religion. You'll see where Christianity has adopted pagan traditions to kind of fit the people in that area that they were trying to indoctrinate. Um, so Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate any holidays. They, none. Uh, I think wow. wedding anniversaries was the only thing that was known for like, we would have a party for, but that was it. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's really weird. Cause I mean, I'm like, before I came on this, uh, this call with you, I watched one quick video and, you know, I read that blip in the Bible that th there was a Jehovah's witness that was talking to the news. And, um, you know, he said that, you know, they believe that Jesus wasn't really born on the 25th of December and that everyone knows that. And, uh, which is, I mean, it's true. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty well consensus, at least among non-believers and, you know, such that it, he wasn't really born on December 25th fifth um yeah it's it's just uh it's really weird that they would they would believe that type of, and that they call funerals like memorials right i mean <laughs> yeah yeah it was always weird um i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they honor the memorial of jesus christ every year so any funeral that you went to was a memorial service mm -hmm. um because you're honoring someone who has passed on yeah uh, which they never really felt like a funeral. I'm going to be honest. I've been to funerals um, as a kid and now as an adult that are not in any uh, association with Jehovah's Witnesses. And it's nothing like what they do. It's basically just an extra church ceremony with yeah. a body up front. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Way to put emphasis on, because I mean, that's, that's a big pet peeve with me when I go to funerals for loved ones and such, and they basically just make it a, a sermon, you know, that just drives me crazy. I mean, I, if the person who passed away, that was their wish was for that to happen. And so be it, you know, that, I mean, if someone's dead, just honor them, you know, if they, if that, that's what they want to do. But a lot of people that I know that have passed away recently were, you know, either didn't care about belief or they were straight up not believers. And yet it turns into a church sermon about God and Jesus and why, and it's so disrespectful in my opinion. Um, I share the same opinion on that. Yeah, it never, it never sat well with me as a kid. Um, even if it was someone who was a Jehovah's Witness, it just something about it seemed a little perverted that they would turn it as an opportunity to try to indoctrinate more people. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, so I guess what was the final straw? Like what was the thing i mean if there was one single thing it may have been a very large process of many things but when was like the moment when you said i don't think that this is real 
I, I don't believe in this. Uh, when was that moment and kind of what happened in that realization? When I was 16, and this is something that I'm open about as a mental health advocate as well, I had attempted suicide. And I am much better now, thankfully, but at that point, things were very dark for me. Uh, I had gone to the Kingdom Hall on my own and I had seen, you know, people were calling. I, there was like one instance that still sticks out in my mind of a grown adult telling me a 16 year old child that I looked like a whore because of the lipstick color I chose to wear. Wow. It was, it was a dark maroon, if anyone wow. wants to know. Um, and, and just the over-sexualization of children in general and my body was starting to wear on me. And I got no remorse, like no freedom from school. I had people, um, I, I had death threats sent to me by people I went to school with when they found out that my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. And the Kingdom Hall at that point was saying, well, you should wear it with a, with a badge of honor that you're being persecuted. And I couldn't take it. I attempted suicide and my dad, his answer, instead of getting me the help I needed and listening to me, he moved me four states away um, to finish out my high school. And it was at that point when I, when I went down to Tennessee and I was living there, I was very angry and I spent all summer in 90 degree weather, uh, kind of mulling over like the past eight months of my life. And it was at that point that I realized none of this is what it looks like to outsiders. I had a lot of health issues going on um, from within the congregation. The hypocrisy was so strong. Uh, the Bible says that you're supposed to take care of the weak and the, the feeble. And I wouldn't be able to go to meetings regularly or go out in service because of my physical health problems. And instead of getting support or encouragement, I got berated and abused. Yeah. Um, and it, it just was that moment of realization for me that Nothing inside the organization is worth staying for. If I'm dealing with all of this from outside and they want me to wear it with pride, I value my own health and life too much to do that. Um, I went to one final meeting kind of to see if I still felt the same way. And the topic that night was on self-love and I'll never forget it. The brother up at the uh, podium giving the talk was talking about the different types of love and had said, as Jehovah's Witnesses, if we had any love for ourselves as a person, it was blasphemy against God. That if you valued your own health, your own mental well-being, physical well-being, uh, even your spiritual and emotional well-being, and you decided that there was something involving Jehovah that was, it, it was putting that at risk, you had no room in your heart for him, and it was blasphemous, and that you should repent because you would basically be killed in Armageddon if you didn't. Wow. Um, that, was a, that was the moment for me that I, I really remember it was cemented in that I never wanted to step foot in a kingdom hall ever again. And I found every excuse under the sun to not go with my family until I was able to move out three years later. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that's, um, I mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I'm glad that you're doing much better now and, um, you know, you're, you're healthy and everything. And, you know, the, you know, I'm, it, it's, it's terrible that, you know, that experience led you to attempt suicide. I mean, that's, um, I mean, that's worst case scenario. And the, so, I mean, that's, 
That's really sad. I do agree. Um, where, I guess, on a scale from zero to 100%, where do you stand now on your belief of a God or Jehovah or that Jesus was the son of God, whatever it may be, uh, Buddha, I don't know, on a scale from zero to 100%, how confident are you that any God exists now? If the phrase is God, I would have to say zero. I am of the mindset now that there might be something that connects, I, I, even if it's something that we all individually believe, self-fulfilling prophecy is still prophecy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that there might be some energy force that unites all things in the universe, but I wouldn't go so far as to giving a name or an entity to it. I think that's too much credit for okay. all of life. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you were to ask me if I believed in Jesus, if I believed in the Bible, I'd say 10% of me believes it because I do believe he might have been a real person. I believe yeah. he might have just been some cool carpenter dude. That right, just, exactly. You know, his mom slept with someone outside of wedlock and the story just ran for way too long. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> snowballed out of control. But I don't, I don't believe that he committed, like that he performed miracles. I don't believe that there is a Hebrew God uh, that can explain everything because it, even the Bible doesn't explain everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that there might be there might be something that okay. can be a uniting force, whether you want to believe that's just life force in general or energy from the yeah. sun. Okay. So what are your thoughts on an afterlife then? Do you think that there's any type of afterlife or anything like that afterwards? Being raised a Jehovah's Witness has stunted my view of death. Uh, I regularly talk about I have a hard time comprehending grief mm-hmm. um, because Jehovah's Witnesses don't grieve. It's when someone dies, it's oh you'll see him again. You'll right, there'll be a right. resurrection. No big deal. So yeah. there's there's never really been a sense of permanence in my head. Uh, if I were to imagine it right now, all I can think is nothing. You don't, and it's not like a nothing like you're floating through space. Mm-hmm. It just stops. The yeah. the clock stops ticking. Um, I do, there are days that I like to have that comfort of that solace of knowing that human life is not as insignificant as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe reincarnation is a thing, but no, I, at the end of the day, the most common feeling that I have is just when it stops, it stops. There's nothing you yeah. return to the earth and rot in the ground. And that is that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at that standpoint to where, you know, you don't remember what happened before you were born. It's going to be the same thing. You know, you just kind of became conscious and had this long-term short-term memory one day, you know, you don't remember what happened when you were three, you know, it's, it's, I just kind of feel like it's, you probably won't even realize that you're dead essentially. Um, so I'm, I've kind of, came to terms with that to where I'm, I'm comfortable with it. And, you know, I have that, um, that permanence in my head, like you mentioned to, to where, you know, I'm not, I don't have an afterlife to see this person again. The time that I had with this person is all that I'm going to have with them. And I can cherish those memories for as long as I'm around and pass the memories on, but that person's not going to be there when I, you know, eventually pass away and I'm not going to be there either. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at that same standpoint. Do you, do you ever have doubts about what you believe? Do you ever kind of go back, um, and, and kind of think like, well, 
maybe Noah's flood did happen. You know, this, maybe you read something on the internet that was like, wow, huh, there's seashells on the top of this mountain in Turkey. Weird. You know, uh, do you ever have those doubts? I've had a couple. Um, they're more like fleeting thoughts. That is one of the reasons I think Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. Uh, the indoctrination that they do is very midsummer-esque in any time someone expresses doubts, they shower them with love. They have get-togethers and shepherding calls is what is what they referred to it as, um, where they come and they talk to you and they read scriptures and they just drill it into your head that you mm -hmm. can't leave. There, and, and I think anytime I have fleeting doubts is residual of that. Uh, that little voice in the back of my head, it gets quieter and quieter each year that I'm away from them. But I do have those moments where I wonder, um, there are little things in the Bible that I do hear on occasion that there's some scientific fact for. I still think the Bible is a highly like, exaggerated version of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. But I do still deal with it. I would never say it's something that would make me question my beliefs now or even think if I made the right decision walking away. Um, I purely believe that it is just residual trauma from being raised in a religious cult. Right, right. I mean, indoctrination, uh, you know, I've heard of even people who have been atheists for uh, 20, 30 years, and they still look at the Bible and they're like, what the hell? You know, like, there's no way. But um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if even for myself, too, sometimes someone will bring something up in the Bible and I'll go, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, that's uh, I don't understand how that could be possible. And, you know, maybe I don't find an answer for it. And, um, you know, it, it leaves me questioning, but all in all, I'm not going to turn and say, oh, well, I can't explain it. Therefore it is God. You know, I'm going to look at it as I just can't explain that yet. Um, I don't know whether it was God or not. If someone can prove to me, it was great. If not great. Um, I'm open to it, you know, but so far it's not looking too good. I, uh, <laughs> not too much approved for any type of god or gods in my opinion but yeah um, i try to look at life through that lens too just that idea that you know if magic was just science we couldn't explain yet then maybe if you don't understand it maybe don't be a fluffy bunny and just assume that there's a a higher spiritual power making it happen right, right. my father used to regularly in one of his attempts to try to get me to stay is he would tell me of a miracle that happened to him when he was younger. Okay. Uh, that he was walking out late at night. You can tell I've been told this story a million times. Um, <laughs> he was walking alone late at night in the dark. It was pitch black. There was no moon. You couldn't even see the nose on your face kind of darkness. Yeah, yeah. And he was freaked out that he couldn't. He was like, I didn't think I was going to make it home that night. I didn't think I was going to ever see my way through the dark. First off, it's the nighttime. Don't be mellow. It's nighttime. It'll the sun, the sun come out. up. <laughs> Um, second, like his response to me was, well, I sat down on a rock and I closed my eyes and for 10 minutes I prayed and I prayed just to let like God show me the way home. And when I opened my eyes, I could see. And every time he told me that I, I, my biggest regret in life is that I didn't have the confidence to tell him this, but father, that's just science. <laughs> If you close your eyes in a dark room, your eyes will adjust to the darkness right. and therefore you can see better. Exactly. I've always had that mindset ever since he started telling me that though, that like, maybe, maybe I should start looking at things right. in a wider lens. 
Yeah, it's like, or maybe like outside, maybe there was a cloud in front of the moon or something. So it was really dark and the cloud moved when you close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Moonlight. Yeah. Maybe the sun was coming up and, you know, a little bit of, the, I don't know, maybe there was some car headlights. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's definitely a philosophy I've lived by now that anytime I see something that makes that voice pop up, I've gotten in the habit of telling myself, no, just because I can't explain it right now doesn't mean somebody else who knows more than me on this subject can't. And it doesn't mean that there's a God that exactly. is causing this. Right, right. I agree. Um, I won't hold you up for too much longer. I did want to ask just real quick um, before we kind of wrap this up is what are your thoughts on like ghosts and aliens, you know, cryptids? Like, do you think that like any of this stuff is real? To a degree. I, uh, it, the universe is too big to not have some form of life somewhere. I don't think it's like little green men from Mars, mm -hmm. um, but I do believe that there is a possibility that somewhere out there, we just haven't found it yet, that there could be life. Okay. You know, you dip a bucket of water in the ocean just because you don't pull up a sea creature doesn't mean there's not sea creatures. Yes. Um, ghosts, I have a harder time feeling. I do feel like people can leave bad energy. You know, you ever walk into some place and you're like, ooh, I'm getting bad vibes. Right, right. I don't know if it's necessarily the soul of the dead, but I do feel that if enough bad shit happens in one place that we have a sixth sense as predator and prey animals by nature to pick up on it. Yeah. And I, right. I do also believe in cryptids. Um, again, not to the level that they are shown in media, uh, but I believe that it's possible that there were animals that we've driven to extinction. Um, I believe it's possible that if we find fossilized remains, we're just putting them together wrong. You know, we didn't know yeah. what an iguanodon looked like for like a hundred years. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's possible, just not necessarily in the way media portrays it. I think in a more scientific sense, there is way too much that we still don't know about our own planet. So anything is possible. You know, the lack of evidence does not mean that it doesn't exist. Uh, and I feel the same way about aliens, just, you know, not little Martian men. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as far as like aliens go. Um, if even I'm, I'm open to bacterial life, if there's a bacteria on another planet, that's an alien. You know, if there's a, a bird on a different planet, that's an alien, you know, and the, the chances are just, it's, it's uh, maybe there's not any intelligent life, like, you know, humanoid life. I can get behind that, but the chances of there not being something at least microbial on another planet, there's just yeah. no way in my opinion. Um, yeah, and who are humans to define what intelligence Exactly. Who's to say maybe this um, microbial life is smarter than humans? Who knows? But <laughs> um, still there. I think you're breaking up a little bit. Hello. Okay, breaking up a little bit. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay, cool. I have you now. Okay, my internet must have just screwed up for a second there. But that's okay. We're about to wrap it up here in a second. Um, so yeah, I guess before I go, um, I appreciate you coming on for one. This was a really awesome talk, really enlightening. I learned a ton about Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, I appreciate you sharing your story with me and uh, being that open about it. It takes a lot of bravery to talk about your, those types of experiences you had. And uh, I commend you for it. Um, and coming on and talking yeah. about it. Yeah, thank you for having me and giving me an opportunity to talk about this. Not enough people uh, know what happens to Jehovah's Witnesses because the culture is literally, uh, not to make a pun off of 
culture. Um, it's literally designed to teach us not to talk about it when we walk away. So there's a lot of people that need that reassurance that they're not alone. And I think there's a lot more people that could do a lot more good to stop some of the predatory behaviors of this organization if they only knew what was happening on the inside. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show, because I didn't think I'd be able to get a real practicing Jehovah's Witness on the show. I highly oh, doubt no. one would ever be able to come on here. So I figured, what? Well, you know, when I was getting my tattoo from you and you mentioned that you were ex-Jehovah's Witness, I was like, yes, you are on, dude. I need, I need to talk to you. Um, but yeah, I, thanks so much for coming on. And is there anything before you go that you wanted to plug? I know you said you were working on a book and uh, anything of that matter you wanted to plug for yourself before you go? Um, I don't have it like any, nothing that I can concrete say is being published yet. I'm still bouncing around between a couple publishers. Uh, and this isn't really a plug for myself, but if you ever want to look up some more info about Jehovah's Witness from an ex-Jehovah's Witness point of view, um, child abuse is a huge topic of conversation right now as light is being shown on this organization from outside uh, government sources. There is a show that is called Cults and Extreme Beliefs on Hulu that does an episode and uh, not to, like they don't sponsor me or anything like that, mm -hmm. but it is very informative um, just from that aspect as a, uh, the, the person they have as a survivor of sexual assault and child abuse in general. And it, it gives another really nice in, uh, input into the struggle of trying to walk away from the organization mm -hmm. too. Like they will not acknowledge um, people who have chosen to step away from them. So it's just another good like informative source. It's like an hour long episode. Highly recommend it if you ever have you know, some downside, uh, downtime and some curiosity. And yeah, if once I get that book published and start getting some deets, I will absolutely send you some info. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely be sure to, to pick it up and, and I need to get your, your signature on it too. So I get it all yeah. signed and approved. So when you become big and famous, I can sell for millions, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. And you'll Thanks have the tattoos too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And once again, before I leave, I want to um, just plug freedomfromreligion.com as well. Anyone who may be questioning or doubts their belief or just has, you know, just questions in general about belief and, and maybe has some doubts, check out Freedom From Religion. They really can help you out and uh, possibly getting on a different path and to uh, a better truth, I guess. Um, but with that, uh, Xander, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'll make sure to link everything about you that you want me to in the description of the podcast. And once again, I hope to have you on again. Maybe we can have a conversation about something different. Maybe maybe we can break down some other beliefs that you may or may not have. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Xander. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. You can check me out on Facebook, Unquestionable Podcast, Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. I'm on YouTube. Instagram at Unquestionable Podcast. You can check me out on Discord, which I'll link all in the description of the podcast. But that's it for today, guys. Thank you, Xander. I will talk to you again.